Welcome to the Burnout to Breakthrough Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Shoemake. I'm here with T. Rent, otherwise known as Trent McCamley, and we are in Belgium. Where are we in Belgium? Well, Matt, we are in Belgium. I thought we were in France. We might be in France. I'm not exactly sure where we are. We're somewhere in France slash Belgium. Uh, so yeah, so uh, those of you that have been following for a while, I am on a bike trip in Belgium, 10 days. We've been crushing it. Uh, T. Rent and I did the Perry roubaix Sportive today. How long did we go? Uh, mate, you know, we knocked that over at 30 k's an hour, 145 kilometers. It was no problem. Absolutely crushing it. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. I have blisters. We're all sore. Uh, but we've had a good time. So those of you that are listening, uh, the reason I have T-Ren on is because he's the only person I've known uh, that has actually killed a kangaroo. Yeah. Yeah, so you're known as the kangaroo killer around here. So I want to hear about that story, first of all, and then we'll dive into uh, the meat of the episode. So tell me about the kangaroo. Well, listen, I don't, I don't want to put any animal lovers off that are actually watching this. They're probably switching off right now when they've heard this, but I really didn't have a choice. And... Uh, if you're going to ride a bicycle and you're going to run into a kangaroo, uh, I'd say nine out of ten times, if someone's going to die, it's going to be the person. It's going to be the human. It's not going to be the kangaroo. But as far as I know, I'm the first person in the world who has hit a kangaroo on my bicycle, lived, and the kangaroo died, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. So uh, you said something about kangaroos. They're not the smartest animals. Is that right? No. No, not at all. This this particular kangaroo uh, decided it wanted to race me going down the mountain, and um, it did get ahead of me, but then decided to do a sharp right-hand turn, fall over right in front of me, and uh, we had the, one of those little moments just before impact where I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I'm thinking, <laughs> well, dude, it's you or me here, and it sure as hell ain't going to be me. So I hit him, and uh, yeah, I catapulted, and uh, anyway, I live to tell the story. Is that before or after you threw another shrimp on the bobby? <laughs> For all my uh, English listeners. Um, all right, so the reason I wanted to bring you on the podcast, we've been talking quite a bit this week just on the bike about uh, a ride that you did. Uh, so what, last week? Yeah, last week, last week. So uh, myself and 28 riders, so it's 28 of us in total, 26 men and two women, uh, 10 support staff. We rode from Sydney to Melbourne, which is probably selling it short a little bit because it's about 800, 900 kilometers from Sydney to Melbourne. We did this large semicircle where we went from um, regional town to regional town. So in total, I'll Americanize it for you. We did almost uh, 1,000 miles in eight days. Hmm. So it was a big, uh, big, big ride. And you were telling me, uh, this is when we had lunch with Eddie Merckx, by the way. Yeah. We're name-dropping like crazy with <laughs> Stewie O'Grady. Uh, so you were telling me, though, it was, uh, it was for a cause, right? You, were, you guys just weren't out there riding your bike around. So what was, what was the cause? Tell, tell us about Pucker Up. That's what kind of got my attention. Yeah, so it's interesting. So after the ride, it was, um, I think everyone involved in it, no one even really talks that much about the riding, uh, even though that sounds crazy, given that we rode near on 1,000 miles. Um, it was for um, a social enterprise called Pucker Up. Uh, Pucker Up um, uh, means, it's a Hindu, uh, Hindi word, which means genuine and authentic. And um, we have a bit of a thing in Australia where there's a real stigma attached to mental health. Uh, and there's also, you know, the follow-on from that is there's a stigma attached to suicide. Mm. I understand that's a really emotive word. And, you know, even two years ago, if you told me I'd be sitting here talking to you about suicide, I wouldn't have believed you because um, there's such a negative stigma 
in our culture, in our society, um, about even talking about it. Um, so Pucker Up is devoted towards changing the stigma that is attached to having discussions around mental health uh, and, and suicide and suicide awareness because ultimately suicide is one of the outcomes of a mental health crisis. Um, and Pucker Up believes that the way that we can help uh, remove some of the stigma associated with mental health is to normalise the conversation, make it okay uh, to talk, to talk about it. And and I think what struck me was in, you were telling me uh, it's like as men we're taught to like just rub some dirt on it, right? Like, oh, you're, you're depressed today, rub some dirt on it, go to work, you do your thing. And we don't talk about it. So we have a very surface level conversation and, and – I've had a lot of people reach out to me just in the few months of doing this podcast and say, Hey, that's me. You know, this anxiety I'm going through or this depression that I'm going through or this lack of energy or like the, I call it the WTF moment. Like, why do I feel this way? Like what's happening to me all of a sudden. And I I think what's neat about what you guys are doing, what's cool about what you're doing is having, like you said, normalizing the conversation, but also making it okay to not just stay on that surface level BS conversation that most men have. Right. And I think we feel like we have to be Superman and, and you can't really talk about what's actually going on. So what did you see on that ride that kind of struck you, you know, that, that kind of, uh, you know, hit you in the East or remember? Yeah, I think, well, you know, just backing it up a bit in terms of, um, you know, the superficial side of it and this whole facade or the mask that, you know, us men. So in, in Australia, eight people take their lives every day in Australia. Uh, and seven of those eight are men. Now, the stats are pretty clear. Um, in terms of mental health, 45% of people during their lifetime, uh, in, these are Australian numbers again, uh, will experience a mental health issue during their lifetime. So if seven of the eight people who are taking their lives every day uh, in Australia are men, um, why aren't we talking about it? Now, the thing that really shocked me when I first got involved with Pucker Up uh, was that the leading cause of death of young people in Australia is suicide. Um, it's not a physical thing. Uh, it's not kids crashing cars. Uh, it is a mental health issue, uh, not a physical condition. And it shocked me because I didn't know uh, I'm a father. I'm a 42-year-old middle-aged man with two teenage children of my own. Um, I, I f- thought that I was reasonably aware, and I had no idea. And um, it was shocking to me that if I have no idea, and I realised that, you know what, most people aren't talking about this, so how can we uh, do something about this with not even acknowledging what... Um, what is happening out there. So in terms of the actual bike ride, the bike ride was, uh, there's going to be a documentary produced uh, another six months. We hope to get it out there and I'm sure that it'll make its way to America. I think it'll be an incredibly powerful documentary. Um, it was almost a little bit of a social science experiment, um, where through massive amounts of miles and sleep deprivation, it's amazing how you can actually, force people to drop the facade and drop the mask. Uh, They just don't have the energy to keep pretending. Um, So after about four or five days, actually, no, it wasn't. It was day six. 
we had a impromptu meeting as a group and this was after we'd just ridden 260 kilometers so it's like 150 160 miles in a day and we were we were wrecked and uh, we're asked the question you know why why are you doing this like what, what do, why is this important to you you're in the middle of nowhere riding a bike all day no sleep and um, it was it was a life-changing experience for a lot of people there were stories that were so raw that were shared in that group in that room that day um, that had never been shared before. Uh, men standing up, um, sharing stories with people who were complete strangers five days earlier um, that they'd never shared with their own families, their best friends. Um, and that's, you know, a pretty common thing. How many times do you hear of someone who's taken their own life and their best friend had no idea that it was either... Um, that immediate, the issue that they had, or that serious. Um, and it's because we, um, as a culture, aren't um, welcoming. We need to create more safe environments where men can be vulnerable and say, do you know what? I'm struggling. I'm hurting. Um, and that's, I think, to change somebody's life. Um, with the, the, race, the ride director guy called Shane said something, you know, really uh, powerful to me after the ride. He said, you know, that was a life-changing experience for him. And he said, I- I've come to realise that to change somebody's life, somebody else has to be the voice. Mm-hmm. Somebody else has to step up and make it, um, you know, a safe environment where these people can drop the mask and say, hey, this is what's really going on in my life. Yeah, I think that's huge. I've, I've seen some people, I heard a stat, you were talking about the suicide rates, but I heard a stat in the United States that some of the highest rates of suicide are men in their 60s, mm-hmm. right? Because they've never developed those skills to deal with the stuff that happens in their 40s and 50s, which is a lot of the listeners on the show are, you know, they're our age, you know, I'm 44, you're 42. And I think a lot of people, life's going to hit you at that point. I don't know about you, but when 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 I was 30... I thought I had I had the world on a string. I'm like I I, I got this figured out, mm-hmm. and then I realized at 40, I'm like, oh, maybe I don't. You know, I had some physical challenges. I had some, my you know, I had an adrenal burnout issue, and um, I never thought that would be me. And I think we never learned to deal with it or talk about it, and then we just stuff it down. And I think it's going to come out at some point. There's actually a I was telling you a little bit about this book. Um, Certain by a neurosurgeon, and he, and he talks about the overadrenalization of our nervous systems, and it causes a lot of chronic pain issues and mental health issues and things that you think are coming from, say, having a bad shoulder or a bad knee, and, and it's actually the inability to deal with the stuff like we're talking about. It's like there's actually nothing wrong with your shoulder or your knee. Um, there's something wrong with the way your nervous system handles stress because you've just never talked about it. You've never let it out. So for, for you and your movement, the Pucker Up movement um, – I guess what would you want men to know? You know, so if anybody's struggling, or heck, anybody, but if anybody's struggling with not only suicidal thoughts but just mental health stuff, like because I, I think most people they think, "Am I normal?" Nobody wants to talk about this. And what I find is when you finally do talk about it, everybody finally opens up and says, "Oh, that's me too." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going through that. You know, so what, what, I guess what would you want? What, what's your message? What do you want men to know? Um, that are dealing with this type of issue, that dealing with a mental health problem that they haven't let out or they don't feel comfortable letting out. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, 
First and foremost, let's tackle it at this point. So if you're looking at um, mental health on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is, you know, you're flying, uh, your mental health is is terrific, and 9 or 10 is, you know, you're in a crisis and you're thinking about and making plans to take your life. So to the people who are at a 8, 9 or 10, um, the message that I would give them is is very clear that you can get help, you can get healthy, and you can live a great life. Uh, you may not feel that way right now, um, but you can do things. And, you know, there's steps that you can take. I'd recommend you immediately go and see your, um, your local doctor. Um, get on to the Pucker Up uh, Facebook site. Uh, Pucker Up also has its own website. Um, there's help that you can get. But there's, a, there's a, a, a large group of people who are listening to this who may not be at an 8 or a 9 or a 10. Um, they're at a four or five or a six, but they're headed the wrong way. Um, and so there's a whole um, realm of people who I think when they get to our age, they start to think, geez, you know, things aren't so great for me. I may not be having suicidal thoughts, but I'm just not, I'm not happy. And I think we do get confused. There's some great studies out there about the difference between pleasure and happiness. They're very different things. They produce different chemicals in the brain. Um, you know, pleasure is uh, a very temporary thing. You know, you buy stuff, you take stuff, you drink alcohol, you medicate, whatever it may be. But that's not happiness. Um, so mental health, um, good mental health is achievable. Uh, and it's something that I think um, we should be um, dedicating more of our efforts and energies to achieving uh, before, so we don't get to a crisis. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit more about that though. Like, so what is, I, I hate to call it the midlife crisis cause it's so cliche, but I also think it's cliche for a reason cause it's real. Um, where do you think that most, especially men fall into that, into the trap of, um, I've heard it explained like, is this, if this is all there is, then, um, what did I work all this time for, right? Like I worked all this time for this and this is it. Um, where do you find that the people that are in the threes, fours and fives, you know, they're just going, huh, is this really it? You know? Cause I think most people, I know most people listen to the podcast are successful. You know, they've, they've got the career, they've got the wife and 2.2 kids, you know, um, they've made the money. Where do you think that discontent sort of comes from? You know, for me, I feel like it's, um, you know, the society that we're living in, it's in the superficial nature of it. Mm. Um, all of these things, the money, um, you know, achieving whatever it is they want to achieve in whatever particular career, um, it's a lack of authentic living and really knowing who you are and what you really um, are all about, you know. Um, one of the guys on the ride who, uh, you know, so the stereotype, of course, I'm sure with most people in America, they think, you know, Australian men or American men, they're tough, they're strong, harden up. Um, you've, you know, you've got everything under control and it's just a nonsense, you know. Um, so one thing I think us men can learn, you know, quite clearly from women is that um, being emotional is very important and um, very important in terms of maintaining good uh, mental health. Um, one of the guys on our ride, um, he, a super successful guy, um, you know, m more money than he would ever need. A good looking guy, beautiful family, can do whatever he want, physically is just ridiculous, like a sporting freak. And uh, this guy was in a mental health crisis, you know, an eight or a nine or a 10 a year ago. 
And uh, he came to this realisation that all these things that he was pursuing, just more, more material stuff. Uh, he started, you know, medicating with uh, recreational drugs. Um, all of that types of uh, things. He realised that at some point there was nothing more he needed and uh you know he said i used to go on these european vacations you know all the time he said i realized there's nowhere else i needed to be and uh i remember listening to him and going well, you're starting to sound like a man who's happy <laughs> yeah and i think that's huge i, I talk about uh, one of the episodes earlier was what i call the as soon as trap right like I'll be happy as soon as I have X amount of dollars or I'll be happy as soon as my kids are set for college or I'll be happy as soon as or I'll, I'll relax as soon as and we get stuck in this as soon as trap and we realize it's a lie, right? Because you think, oh, when I get there, then I'll be happy or then I'll be content or then I'll be satisfied and it never comes. And I think that's, uh, that's I think, one of the biggest lies. It's not just men. It's, it's, it's women too. But I think what you just said there learning to be present and being okay with what you have and enjoying the journey. And I know that sounds cliche, but ugh, it's like mm. most men, I, 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 I'd say men and women, but, but most men are so like focused on the goal that we forget like to enjoy the people that are around us. And I know I can do that. Like I can come home and be so focused on what I need to do with, with work or do with a new project that I have that I ignore my kids that are right there in front of me. You know, I, one of my mentors taught me a long time ago, he said, if you, if you come home, you have two minutes where your kids are engaging with you, especially when my kids were younger. And he said, if you, if you don't engage with them in those two minutes, they're not going to want to engage with you in those two minutes moving forward. You know, it's so important to just enjoy what's, what's, what's in front of you rather than having this, uh, falling into the as soon as trap. So I, yeah, I think that's huge. Absolutely. Well, there's, you know, and there's also been, you know, following on from that, a part of my, I call it my pucker up journey. There's incredible fulfillment um, that comes into your life when you start living in a more authentic way. And um, it is quite confronting at an individual level to say, you know what, we all have our safe conversations, right? We talk about sport, we talk about the weather. Um, it's just easy, it's superficial, um, but let's face it, it's boring. After a while, it's like, yep, yep, yep. I've been on this ride with you guys. I've been calling them the Colorado Five because we've got uh, five guys here from Colorado. And like, look at us. We're sitting here talking about stuff that's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, how fulfilling is that? It's fantastic. I'm better for I'm better for having this conversation. Um, some of the conversations that I have shared with your friends from Colorado, um, I'm humbled yeah. um, that they uh, think enough of me, trust me, uh, with some incredibly intimate uh, details of their lives. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm better for it. So that stuff, it comes into your life. If you show people that um, you're prepared to be vulnerable, so I'm prepared to be vulnerable. I'll, I'll tell people um, intimate details of, uh, you know, my background, my life, my journey. It, it invites them uh, to also be genuine and authentic. And um, it's, it's a really good journey to be on. It's uh, so much more interesting than sitting here and talking about the weather all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess last question, and, and this would be, uh, th- this show is called Burnout to Breakthrough. And the reason I called it Burnout to Breakthrough is because I want people to understand that whatever you're going through is not by, it's not an accident that you can turn this burnout uh, into a breakthrough, that, that you can listen to your body or listen to higher power, whatever you want to talk about, that 
it doesn't have to be a burnout. Like I, my dad taught me this early on by, by watching him as he went through this burnout, like 45 years old, just started to hate what he did, started to hate his job, you know? Um, and he never really recovered from that. So what, it, through my journey, I realized like, Oh, this is somebody trying to get my attention. And for me, I'm, I think you and I are a bit alike. I'm hardheaded. So I think, um, you know, God had to get my attention big time. Like, so for me, it was slow down. It was pay attention to your family. It was enjoy what you have. It was be joyful now, not later. And uh, I had to get my arm broken in 30 places and have my, you know, adrenal burnout. And, you know, and then even just recently, like, you know, definitely trying to get my attention. So how can somebody who's maybe in that, you know, four, five, six range who's feeling just, ah, you know, I'm over it or I feel like I'm unfulfilled and uh, I got to do this for 20 more years. How can you, how do you see them turning that into a breakthrough, right? How do you see them turning that crisis into an opportunity? Yeah, I think it's, um, again, I keep going back down to the pucker up message of being, you know, genuine with yourself, being real. Um, don't try to live some caricature of, you know, this is the guy I'm meant to be or I thought I would be. Um, I think also when you live a life that's a lot more uh, honest with yourself, um, you bring more people, like-minded people like you into your life. And there's some real energy, you know, I, I believe energy gets passed around, right? Mm. So um, the fact that I'm sitting here, you know, talking to guys like the Colorado Five, um, I get something from that. You get mm. something from that. So, you know, these guys that, um, you know, they're starting to knock up against that sort of thing will change, um, you know, and, and change starts from within, from, you know, within um, yourself and, who you're um, talking to, what you're talking about. Um, don't spend the weekends talking about superficial nonsense uh, when you could be talking about the real stuff that you're actually dealing with yeah. um, because you might be surprised um, what comes into your life and who comes into your life when you're actually putting it out there and saying, listen, you know, these are the things that, um, you know, I'm looking to change and, um, yeah, it's a change. It's got to come from within. Yeah, for me, uh, you and I grew up, I think, in similar backgrounds, like religious backgrounds. And for me, I used to think you had to, like, seek out a men's support group at church for that, right? And for me, that gives me hives. Mm. Like, I would much rather do it on a, on a bike ride or in a bar, right? Mm. And I, I feel like a lot of men think, oh, I, gotta, I have to go seek that out in a, in a specific place. But I think part of your message is, no, you just, you know, you start living it, right, with the people around you. And you, you create that space where people can be authentic and real and it doesn't have to be this manufactured. And, and that stuff's great. A lot of people love that. But for me, that I, I always had a hard time with trying to find like a, a men's small group at church or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I found that my men's small group is the guys I ride my bike with who don't necessarily have remotely the same beliefs as I do. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. they, but they're, they're real, you know, yeah. and they're, they're authentic, which which is yeah. great. So where do we find you on the Twitters and the Facebooks and, uh, in the, uh, in the social media realm? So if people want to get involved in, in pucker up or if they want to support pucker, pucker up how do we do that well it's very simple just get on facebook um pucker up on facebook um they're uh, very active there's a lot of great information there they also have the pucker up website but um you know if if you want to support uh this message uh what i would say is certainly get on facebook and uh, follow pucker up but, you know, if you see you've got a friend or a family and you can see that, you know, they're struggling or they're hurting, just say something. I know it can be a little bit hard. 
Um, but, you know, the sooner we all normalise this conversation around mental health, because it's, it's so real, uh, it's there. And um, if you, I, I, I inherently believe most people are good. And if you really want to change somebody's life for the better or have a positive impact on them, um, then this is, this is an area where you can absolutely have an impact because it's been such a taboo type subject. There's a stigma attached to it. Um, so if you see someone that you care about that's struggling, you know, say something, ask them, are you okay? Um, and listen, don't judge. And, um, you'll be surprised at, um, when you make it known that you're cool with this, you're cool with having these conversations. You will be surprised the number of people that you had no idea were struggling uh, with their own mental health that will, will start seeking you out. And, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's huge. That's a huge message. I think when you say when you're cool with this, right, it's kind of a safe space, non-judgmental space. Um, so yeah, love what you guys are doing, man. It's awesome. Uh, just a bonus question for my, the cycling listeners right now. Tell me about Paris-Roubaix. We're going to watch Paris-Roubaix tomorrow. Tell me about the cobbled sections today. How would you describe those in, uh, in 10 words or less? Well, mate, you're meant to be the doctor, so tell me, can I get arthritis in one day of riding a bicycle? Because my hands are so sore, my eyes, I still can't see straight. The cobbles are out of control. I cannot believe they make people ride their bicycles over this. It is no joke. So if you get a chance to come to uh, Belgium or France, wherever we are right now, <laughs> uh, I suggest that you do it. So I uh, appreciate uh, T-Rent for being on today. Uh, I will post the uh pucker up links as well on facebook so appreciate you guys listening and until next time let's turn that burnout into a breakthrough pucker up